Good morning, good morning on this beautiful sunny Sunday morning. It's uh, almost spring-like. I know everybody, every time I say that, somebody's shushing me saying, you're going to jinx it. Well, I don't believe in jinxing it for one, but uh, besides, I don't know, it's, I just love it. It's great out there. I think somebody told me it's supposed to get like 65 on Wednesday. So uh, just so uh, you know, we've got a busy week, so listen up as we make some announcements for you. It's good to have you. If you're first time joining us, please stop by the uh, Welcome Center. Let us know you're here. We've got a gift for you. If you're joining us on, uh, online for the first time, if you let us know you're out there at this point because we have some problems with our uh, website, you have to email us at uh, office at sbtnd.org and just let us know you're out there. It's always an encouragement to hear from those of you who are listening out there. How are you folks doing? We've got some visitors in here today. And uh, giving, you can do that online. You can go and uh, use that uh, QR code, or you can give in the back. Uh, outside the doors, there's still some boxes for the Klingeman family. They're here today, if you have not already seen them. And uh, so, um, you know, I, I think Jonathan's probably the only one still, oh, and Sophie, Jonathan and Sophie are in here, so they're scattered around. Uh, you know, so just hug the neck and let them know we're glad to have them here. Uh, with that in mind, Caleb's funeral is going to be this week. Uh, did it just die for a second? All right. So uh, anyway, so um, if you would be, the visitation is going to be Thursday, 4 to 8. Everything's going to take place here. Friday uh, from 12 to 1, still visitation time, 1 o'clock is the service on Friday. We'll be having a, a dinner following all of those things. And uh, so with this being an 18-year-old, it's usually a, a pretty good crowd on those things, so if you help out with the dinners, or if you don't, but you think you might be able to, then uh, see Miss Carlene, she'll take care of that dinner, but it's going to be, uh, I would guess, quite a few people are going to be feeding that day, so uh, we'll look forward to, uh, to that. Then also, uh, this week, let's go ahead and finish up this week on Saturday, uh, Matt and Mary, they're back, they're here someplace, they were here in the morning ser first service, so uh, they're out there, but Matt and Mary are back from their honeymoon. And uh, they're having their reception on this Saturday at 1 o'clock here at the church. And so they invite all of you to uh, just go and, and to celebrate with them as well. Thursday, March the 2nd, we have uh, Maranatha Choir coming in. It's 43 college students. Uh, so there's a bunch of them. Uh, they'll all be singing for us. We need to house them, and we need some help in housing. If you've already signed up, if you would go and recheck the list that we have out there now, they sent us an updated list that includes allergies, like uh, this girl's allergic to cats, and this guy's allergic to dogs, and, you know, uh, that kind of stuff. So that uh, if you would sign up for people that you can accommodate rightfully, uh, then that would help us out. Some of you have signed up on Facebook. Uh, you may need to, uh, Pastor Andrew, I don't know how we do that, get that to all those allergy things to sign up on Facebook. But if we can figure out how to make all that happen, we'll figure it out some way. Uh, looking forward to that. It's always a great time. Our missionaries of the week are the Webbers. Uh, they were just here for our missions conference, so you already know most of what I'm going to tell you. They have a son that's getting married this summer, so that's something going on. They're here for uh, furlough, so they'll be here for several months uh, as well. They're uh, trying to raise some additional support uh, as they get ready to go back to Australia. So if you would pray for them. I think uh, they're down to only two at home. That's their, the whole clan, but I think that uh, there's only the two girls that are still at home. And uh, so if you would just continue to pray for the Webbers, I know they would appreciate it. Let's go to the Lord and ask him to bless our time together. Father, it is a joy and a privilege to be here today, a privilege we have of being able to be an encouragement to 
some of our own who are hurting. Pray that you would be with the Klingman family today and just uh, may they find great comfort in your family and uh, may we be able to be a blessing to them today as we prepare for the funeral. We ask that we would, uh, you would put your hand upon this service. We bring it before you and ask that everything that's said and done would bring glory and honor to your name, that you would be lifted up, that we would know it's been good to be in your house today, and we'll thank and praise you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. truth in that song that all that God has done for us 
It talks about his redeeming love. It talks about him reconciling us. We're going to sing about that this morning. So if you would please stand and let's sing together. Redeemed how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. <clears throat> Redeemed how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the First epistle of Paul the Apostle to the Corinthians, chapter 15, beginning in verse 51. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. May the Lord prosper his word whereto he sent it. You may be seated.
Thank you, Jane. Great job. Great truth in that song, and it's awesome to see Jaden playing. Remember him when he was just playing Sunday nights, just playing one note at a time. Now he's playing all of them at the same time. Sounds like that's awesome. But that uh, truth goes right along with uh, God redeeming us through his blood on the cross. We'll keep singing about that. Next song we'll sing together, Since I Have Been Redeemed. <clears throat> I have a song I love to
stand for our last song. We started learning and singing this last week, talking about the perfect peace we can have in Christ. We'll sing both verses.
shall pass away and human thrones and kingdoms fall when men who hear refuse to pray on rocks and hills and mountains call God's love so sure shall still endure all measureless and strong. Grace will resound the whole around the saints and angels' song. Could we with ink the ocean and were the skies of parchment made, were every star on earth a quill, and every one a scribe by trade, to write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry. stretch from sky to sky. Oh, love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong. It shall forevermore endure the saints and Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my down-sitting and mine uprising. But compassed my path, my lying down, and art acquainted with all my ways. For there's not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind and before, and laid thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost part of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. O oh, love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong, it shall forevermore endure the saints and angels' song. Amen. Thank you, guys. Which fits really well with the message. We're going to be in the Song of Solomon today, so if you want to find that, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon. So, you know, uh, the, uh, you all know the Klingmans are back with us, and so, you know, I was like, what am I going to say today? But I just felt like we should just continue on with what we're doing. So, um, we'll just uh, continue today. It's like, this would be called Sweetheart Sunday on any other day, because, in case you've forgotten, in two days, it's Valentine's Day. Hello? 
Uh, guys, you, you need to pay attention, so if you've missed that, now I'm reminding you, two days, you got two days, I don't know if you get any flowers delivered by now, but, uh, you know, you can maybe stop by the gas station and get one of those ro roses, you know, <laughs> wrapped in plastic, something, I don't know what to say, uh, but anyway, so that's coming up, but um, I have come to the conclusion that our God is a very romantic God, he is, he, the, the Bible, we say this all the time, the Bible is a love letter, right? Written by God to us. We have a God who, and, and so if I were to title this message, I would, be, I would title it, the, the God of Sweet Talk. Now, I, I know that sounds really weird. I'm going to tell you right up front, Melly and I made a pact years ago, we're not that couple, all right? So we, we, had, we had known one of our friends before, and they got into, the, you know, they were just gushy all the time, and we were like, okay, let's just promise that this is not going to be us. So we don't have a lot of pet names for one another, uh, that kind of thing. Now, having said that, there did come a point where I, I did dub Melody with a, with a pet name, and in fact, I probably call her that often in front of you because it rolls off my This morning, I was actually trying to say Mel, and I said the pet name because I call her Mama all the time. Uh, I, you know, we worked really hard to become parents, and I felt like she's earned that title. And we just, uh, you know, so we just, uh, call, and I just called her Mama ever since J.D. was brought into her family. So, uh, you know, we, um, that's, but apart from that, honestly, we don't, we're not, we don't do honey and, you know, sweetie and pachitums and, you know, whatever. We don't do those things. So uh, that's not us. Uh, having said that, we have a God who actually likes to sweet talk. I mean, this God of ours spends a lot of time telling us about his love for us. In fact, the word beloved in your King James Bible is used 104 times. And clearly, 57 of those times are specifically about, from God, or about God's people. Right? God is saying, you are beloved. You are beloved. You are beloved. Again and again and again and again, he says that. Now, there's six times in which it's like, you know, this is my beloved child. Some father was saying that, or this is my beloved wife. Uh, some husband is saying that. But apart from that, the only other time that you have to decide how you're going to determine how it's being used is in the Song of Solomon. Of all the 104 times, most of, well, not most of them, but the uh, lion's share is right here in the Song of Solomon. Anybody care to guess how many times beloved is used in the Song of Solomon? 32 times. 32 out of the 104 times in the Scripture, it's found right here in the Song of Solomon. So you might say, well, Pastor John, that's not about us. I would argue that since the Song of Solomon is a picture of the bridegroom and us the bride that even in the Song of Solomon, so we would have to add those 32 back in, making it like you know, 89 times when God is using this term. Now, there's another place it's used. Uh, nine times it's used as God says about Jesus, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. So nine times used about... But this, the lion's share is God telling the world, these are my beloved people. These are my beloved people. These are my beloved people. We have a God who is not ashamed to love us and say so. And uh, so if, if you let me, today is going to be like a sermon slash lesson, all right? So teenagers, you need to take notes. I'm telling you, I'm serious. You need to take notes today because this is, 
this is going to be important to your future. Uh, Song of Solomon, if you know anything about Song of Solomon's parents are already panicking. The teenager, I hope he realizes the teenagers are in here. Yes, I do. And we're not going to read all of the book of the Song of Solomon. It can get awkward in places uh, as you're reading it. There are some weird things in the Song of Solomon. Uh, but let's pray and then we'll jump into this. All right, Father, we ask that you would just bless this message. Help us to grow in your grace, in your love as we express it to, to others. And we'll thank and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. This is some awkward things in the Song of Solomon, right? Uh, Song of Solomon chapter 1, verse 2, I think it is, says something like this. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his lips, for his love is sweeter than wine. Right? That's, the, that's just nice. Oh, wow. That's, just, that's romantic. We have, that, that's God's pen right there, you know? But uh, it also says things like this. She looks, she looks at uh, him, her beloved, and she says, His eyes are like dove's eyes washed in milk. What? <laughs> what is that even supposed to mean, right? He looks at her and says, her temples are like a piece of pomegranate. What? <laughs> Have you ever seen a pomegranate, by the way? It's like, if I said that to my wife, she'd probably hit me in the temple. Like, <laughs> it, it's, a, it's a term of endearment. He looks at her and he says, your, your teeth are like sheep. sheep. Freshly shorn. They're all cut even. You know, <laughs> white on the side of a hill. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you know, obviously, Old Testament romance is a little bit different than you and I might use, right? She says, she says something like, uh, I, this one, just, I love this one. She says, your eyes are fitly set. Like, instead of the crooked eye that your brother has, <laughs> your eyes are fitly set. I don't know what it says. <laughs> I'm just telling you what it says. So, but in this Song of Solomon, it really is a, you know, a sweet talk book. That's really what it is. And so I want to make some applications since it's right before Valentine's Day, and uh, I want to show us how we can have strong marriages through this, for one. And I'm going to tell you guys, uh, while, and I've already admitted to you, I'm not, a, I'm not a sweet talker. I'm not. Melody was in the first service, and it's awkward to preach a message like what I'm about to preach when your wife is listening. So I'm sure she's sitting there saying, I hope he's taking notes. That's what you know, because uh, you know, it's like, that's what it is. But I want to I consider how it is that we're supposed to approach one another, uh, and, and God gives us the example. Take a look at, uh, well, you can turn there or whatever. Sometimes she'll get them up on the screen because she's been really good about that today, but I'm skipping all over the place, but it's all in Song of Solomon. Chapter 1 and verse 16, uh, he is speaking, and he says, Behold, thou art fair, my beloved, yea, pleasant. Also, our bed is green. I'm not exactly sure you can figure that one out. But, uh, but he says two things here that I want to point out, right? I, and I'm not, I'm not, you know, we don't get into pet names. When I, when I say I'm not a sweet talker, I'm saying pet names. I, I hope I'm a sweet talker in that I say kind, gracious, loving things. But here's what he says. Thou art fair, my beloved, and pleasant. Now, guys, I'm, I'm going to show you something here. This is about human nature. There's no place that I can say the Bible commands you to do this. But God gives us the example. And the reality is, the Bible says this. We love him because he first loved us. So if we want her to keep loving us, guys, we need to first love her. Do you understand? People respond to us. That's a reality. People respond to us. But there's something about, about human nature here. And whether we believe this or not, and you say, Pastor, you just don't know my wife. Well, listen, 
you know, um, I, I don't, but I know human nature. And I've done enough counseling over the years to know that there's not a woman here that wouldn't love to hear words like this coming from her husband's mouth. Now, not necessarily biblical words. You know, you know thou art fair, my beloved. You know, we may not speak that way. But there's not a woman here that doesn't like to hear her husband say, wow, you look beautiful today. And it's really nice to be with you. Say, so she knows that. I, I literally had a guy, and I'm not going to say his name because you would know this name because they're associated with our church. But they said to me one time, Pastor, I told her I loved her when we got married. If it changes, I'll let her know. <laughs> Ouch! <laughs> Aren't you glad that God doesn't do that, right? God said, I told you when I created you that I loved you, so figure out the rest of it on your own. No! We have this God that's constantly telling us, constantly telling us, showing us, expressing his love for us. And I'm telling you, that woman sitting beside you, sitting down the aisle, that woman sitting in another Sunday school right now because of the way we were doing church, she would love to hear you say, hey, I think you're beautiful. Thou art fair, my beloved. And it will help your marriage. It will help your relationships. Look at the, go down to chapter 2 and verse 16. Uh, I'm sorry, chapter 2 and verse 10. My beloved spake unto me, rise up, my love. Now, she's saying it, but he's the one that she's quoting. My beloved, she says, spake unto me, rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. I mean, here's what he's saying. Hey, honey, I want to spend time with you. I mean, how many times, guys, has your wife looked at you and said, you know, when, go, when are we going to go out to dinner on our own? Why do we always have to invite somebody? Do, you know, because it becomes personal after a while. Don't we want to spend time together? Don't we want to actually spend... And, and literally, this is... Now, in, in the case of the example, right, this is, this is God, the bridegroom, speaking to his bride, us, and he says, rise up, my love, my fair one. Come away. Would you come and spend time with me this morning before you start your busy day? I, I want to spend time with you. That's God. And we think, oh, that's so sweet. You know what? She thinks the same thing, guys. Hey, let's, you know, wouldn't it be nice if you actually planned dinner once? I mean, you know, she didn't suggest it. Hey, why don't we go out? If you did, hey, honey, take everything off the, uh, I, I never call my wife honey, you know, so I'm just, using this as an example. I would call her mama. Hey, mama, take everything off the, off the calendar. We're doing this. Now, it's been a challenge for us lately because, you know, we've, Mel's mom and dad are just creating some interesting things for us. You know, so Melody was home last night, and then she was over there last night at 11 o'clock. I came home from picking up the, uh, the uh, Klingemans at the airport, and she, the car's gone. Well, where'd she go? I know where she's at, you know, so this some issues that need to be dealt with. That's just it is the, where we're at in life, right? That's okay. I'm not asking you to feel sorry, but that's just where we're at in life. Uh, you'll eventually go through it too, probably, so it's just where we're at in life. But, so it's, you have to be a little more creative if you're going to find those times. You know, but you know what's going to make her feel like you really love her? When you're the one suggesting it. Hey, let's, let's get away for a while. Uh, let's go do something. Uh, take a look at verse 16 of chapter 2. She, this is her talking. And every time this phrase is used, by the way, it's her talking to him. She says, my beloved is mine, and I am his. 
the, the, um, the idea is this, guys. Our relationship ought to instill a security in her so that she knows without questioning, I know that I am his and he is mine. I know his heart belongs to me and I'm not concerned that his heart belongs to someone else because we're building this relationship that gives me that confidence. And she says boldly, my beloved is mine and I am his. And that ought to be what we're building into our marriages. If we want our kids to have a good marriage, they need to see it in us. We need to build in that confidence so that she's not thinking, I wonder where he's at. Why is he late? Again, you get the idea? She's got this confidence. I am his. Interesting question. Yes, it is. I am his, and he is mine. I should never have touched my watch. Um, let's go on down to, uh, going down to verse, uh, chapter 5 and verse 2. I sleep, but my heart waketh. It is the voice of my beloved that knocketh, saying, Open to me, my sister, my love, my dove, my undefiled. Now, here's the idea. She's, she's talking. She's like, I'm asleep. But my husband wants so desperately to spend time with me that I'm standing at the door and knocking, and I use that terminology on purpose because you've heard it before. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20, where Jesus is standing at the door and knocking. And this is the, this is the love of God saying, would you please open the door? My love, my dove, my under. I want to be with you. I want to come in unto you. There's a great desire of our God to have a closeness with us. And our love, guys, is supposed to reflect that in our marriage. Jesus said, or the, Paul said in Ephesians chapter 5, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. So we're the ones supposed to be knocking on the door saying, Hey, honey, can we spend more time together? That doesn't sound like most relationships, right? Most of the time it's the woman saying, Can we spend some more time together? And you're like, can you wait until the game's over? Yikes. Uh, that, those, that's difficult. We have a God who knows how to sweet talk. And guys, if we're going to build these relationships in a godly fashion, we need to follow the example that God's given us. Standing at the door and knocking. I can't wait to spend more time with you. Take a look at chapter 5 and verse 5. She's speaking, she said, I rose up to open to my beloved, and my hands dropped with myrrh, and my fingers with sweet-smelling myrrh upon the handles of the lock. I opened to my beloved, but my beloved had withdrawn himself and was gone. My soul failed when he spake. I sought him, but I could not find him. I called him, and, none, and he gave me no answer. His, what, what this is showing is how desperate these people are to have relationships. And so he's knocking and he's knocking and, and he doesn't get the answer. So she, gets, she finally gets to the door and she's ready. I mean, her hands are dripping with, with myrrh and aloe. She's it's like, I'm ready for you. And she opens the door and he's not there. And look what it says. I heard his voice and my soul was failed. My, my, it's like, oh, this is what I wanted. But then I can't find him. I can't find him. And if you read the rest of the story, what happens is, I, I've got to hurry here. So what happens is she says to her other the other ladies when you're out and about if you see well i've got to read it too because this is a it's an interesting thing you you won't believe it, it's actually in the bible take a look at verse eight it says i charge you O daughters of jerusalem if you find my beloved that you tell him that i am sick of love 
I'm lovesick. Please tell him I can't live without him. Now, guys, every one of us, that's what we want, right? I'm telling you. I'm talking about human nature here. This is not where God says this is what it is. I'm telling you, we can read this. We know what we're like. But the reality is we all want this woman to desire us, to want to spend time with us. So, ladies, this is to you. This is how sweet talk works. So he's, he's like, I'm, I'm knocking the door. I'm making that first move. I'm knocking at the door. I'm trying to make it happen. And the great desire for him is that she is lovesick. Oh, I just can't wait till he gets home because I'm going to give him a piece of my mind. No, 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 no. <laughs> right? No, that's not how this works. I can't wait till he's home because I love him and I want to spend time. This is what God wants from us in our relationship, right? God is standing at the door knocking. And you know what would make the heart of God jump with joy? Is when his children say, oh, I just can't wait to spend more time reading your word, praying, spending time with my beloved. We have a God who's a sweet-talking God. We ought to begin this process at home. And, and again, I'm not saying it has to get gushy and 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 sickening, right? God, Melody and I aren't, aren't that couple. We're just not. But I want to make sure that in the end, Melody knows I'm standing at the door knocking, that I can't spend too much time with her. And what her desire is, I can't wait till he comes home because I'm lovesick for what our relationship is. And so, you know, we're trying to learn some things about human nature here. Um, in chapter 5, in verse 9, the other women are like, what is your beloved more than others? Other beloved, uh, O thou fairest among women. I love this because twice they, they call her, the women call her the fairest among women. And here's the idea that, that comes across, is that he has convinced everybody that she's the best thing out there. Do you understand? He has convinced everybody that she's the fairest among women. Guys, what do people think about our wives based on what we say about them? What do people think about our wives based on what we say? Because he's convinced everybody that she's the fairest among women. Now, she hasn't yet convinced them. They're like, what's so great about him? Why, you know, they're, they're, he, they're still growing in that relationship. But he is convinced. And I'm telling you guys, this is what God does about us. Think about it. We are so special to God that he gave his only begotten son for us. I mean, so that literally the Bible says he took us who were a little lower than the angels and raised us above them. That's what he did. And we ought to be, we ought to be mirroring this love of God in our relationships. Take a look at verse 10 of chapter 5. She's speaking. My beloved is white and ruddy, the chiefest among 10,000. There's not a guy sitting here that doesn't want to be the hero of the family, right? We're the chiefest among 10,000. Yeah, that's what my wife thinks. Well, I, hope, I hope it is. But do we know that, right? Ladies, you know, I, I'm telling you, earlier we talked about your security, but whether you know it or not, that husband of yours, he's insecure. He, he's, he just, it's, this is all show, right? That brashness, it's just all show. We're supposed to be men. Mm. You know, that's what we do. But inside, we're like, oh, 
I, I'm just being honest. You can know the guys who are, no, that's not me, Pastor. Okay, keep hiding behind your, uh, your ego. That's all right. But we all know that what you want is for that woman to think you're the best thing on the planet. That's what you want, and you want to know it. And she's saying it. He's the cheapest among 10,000. Wow, what, a, what an incredible statement. Um, goes on, going on to verse 16. His mouth is most sweet. Teenagers, you will find that out later, right? His mouth is most sweet. Yea, he is altogether lovely. This is my beloved. And I wanted to focus on this last phrase here. She says, this is my friend. Because I want you to catch this. Marriage is about, it's beyond passion. Do you understand? It's not just passion. Marriage is about relationship. Earlier, she called him, he called her my sister. And, and in Christ, that's exactly where we are, right? Brothers and sisters in Christ. He called, because it's about relationship. It's not just about passion. You know, passion is, can get you in trouble. Now, passion should be there, but it can get you in trouble. That's the basis of what we're looking for. But it goes beyond that. She's like, I, I love this guy because he's not just my passion. He's my friend. It's about relationship. Are we building relationship in this marriage that God has put together for us? Um, go down to chapter 6 and verse 3. She says again, I'm my beloved, and my beloved is mine. And uh, she has that confidence. I'm my beloved, and my beloved is mine. Uh, she has no question about it. Look at verse, uh, chapter 7, verse 10. I'm my beloved, and his desire is toward me. Now listen up, guys. This is important. Could our wives say about us, I know, I know that my husband loves me, not just that he loves me, but that his desire, that he wants me, his desire is toward me. Or is she beginning to con be concerned because she thinks she's lost you to something on the internet? You get the idea? Because I'm telling you, that fairest among 10,000 uh, this desire, this is what drives the relationship together. And when it's not there, what begins to happen is, when, ladies, when you don't tell him he's the fairest among 10,000, somebody at work will tell him that. And before you know it, his desire begins to turn. And it's a challenge. Marriage is hard work. It's not a once and done. You understand? It's not a one and done. It is hard work. You, you recommit every day to this marriage commitment and the commitment is not just to stay together right it's not enough we're not reflecting the love of christ if all we do is stay together it's to have our desire toward it's to want to spend time with it is to have our our opinion to be they're the best that there is fairest among ten thousand that's representing the love of jesus christ there's not a teenage girl sitting over here that doesn't want that for a husband. That's what she's looking for. Dads, it's our job to show her what she's looking for. Let her see it. Let her see it in us. That becomes our job. Um, chapter 6 and verse 3. I'm sorry, we said uh, going down to... Uh, all right, I, I want to interject something in here. This is what I want to show you. All right, so I told you already, I'm not, Melody and I are not gushy. We're just not. We're not gushy, 
Um, but I'm going to tell you that everybody sweet talks about something. Everybody. I can prove it. I just told you I'm not gushy. Have you ever seen me around Peyton? That's my grandson, if you didn't know. If you want to see a picture, see me after the service. Uh, I'm telling you, I can, I can sweet talk with the best of them. Everybody sweet talks about something, right? What's your passion? Husband, dad, what's your passion? I mean, can you, how long can you go on and on about that car? The one you want, you know, but you haven't been able to afford yet, that one? You can sweet, everybody can sweet talk about something. Oh, that's a sweet ride. We even use the word sweet, right? And, and we kind of go or about a sport or about what. We, we all know how to sweet talk. The idea is to turn that sweet talk toward the object of our love which in marriage is one another. We all sweet talk. We just need to learn how to sweet talk in a godly fashion. I'm running out of time. Let me get this done. I'm going to show you some two other things. We ought not just to sweet talk our bride, right? We ought not. I'm going to tell you, we ought to sweet talk our kids. Now listen, the Bible says in Colossians chapter 3, Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. You know, and it's literally talking about how we are communicating with our kids. Don't, use, don't have our, our communication be that which is making them angry. We need to learn how to sweet talk our kids. Listen up. You know, how, you know how my daughter is going to know the kind of husband to look for? I'm going to show her. I'm going to sweet talk her, and I'm going to, I'm going to show her. This is the guy. You want, to look, you want to find a guy that does this. If I spend my life yelling at her, then she'll find a guy that yells at her for the rest of her life. I don't want that for her. Is that what you would want? We're going to reflect the love of Jesus Christ. She's going to watch us together, and they're going to figure out how marriage works by watching us. And that's important that we learn how to do this in a biblical fashion. We have a God that's not ashamed to sweet talk. Let's sweet talk our kids for a little bit. Let's sweet talk our brothers and sisters in Christ. Now, again, I'm not suggesting we make this awkward, right? I'm not. But here's what the Apostle Paul says to the, to the Christians he's working with. Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved and longed for, my joy, my crown. Wow. What would happen if we greeted people as they came in the door that way? Hello, my beloved brother. Longed for. I, I've been longing to see you since Wednesday night. I couldn't wait to see you again. I know that'd be a little awkward, right? I know. But we have a God who says, I don't care if it's awkward. I love you, and I'm not ashamed of it. That's the God that we have. If Jesus walked in the doors today, I think he'd probably take time to hug every one of our necks, and I doubt any of us would think it was awkward. You, you get the idea? We wouldn't think that was awkward. We'd be standing in line, waiting our turn, anxiously waiting our turn. We have a God who loves us, and he's not ashamed. And he says, I want you to take the love that I'm showing you and I want you to live it out. We need to learn to be a sweet-talking people. We know how to bad talk, bad mouth, right? We know how to do that. Let's learn how to be sweet-talkers to each other, at home, with our kids, with one another as a church. And God has uniquely placed us this week, Southeast Baptist, in a position to be able to sweet. We're sweet-talking today and nobody's ashamed. I'm watching people going up and hugging the Klingemans' necks and telling them they love them. You know, they lost their son. 
and our hearts are breaking. And so, you know, there's no shame in it, right? Doesn't have to be that way every day. I know that gets tiresome and old, and it becomes phony if we don't do this the right way. But the reality is, this is the kind of God we have. He loves us. Heads about eyes closed, please, for just a moment. See, Pastor John, I'm looking at my marriage and I'm realizing I've lost my sweet talk. Pastor, I, I need to bring sweet talk back into my marriage. And I'm just asking if you'd like for me to pray for you. So, Pastor, pray for me. Would you slip in? Let me see those. I can pray for you. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Anyone else? Maybe you'd say, Pastor, it's my kids. Quite honestly, Pastor, I can't remember the last time I looked my son in the eye and told him I love him. Pastor, I can't remember the last time I hugged my kids. And I don't want to lose the love of Christ in this. Pastor, would you pray for me and my family? Would you slip your hand up and let me see how I can pray for you? I appreciate that. Thank you. Anyone else? Rest going to be up to us. Let's, let's make the applications as they fit in. Father, we love you so much. Thank you for loving us. God, help us to not be ashamed to love as you have loved and to become the example of your love to one another. We'll thank and praise you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand. We're going to sing Jesus is all the world to me. As we sing together, you step out. Let the Lord have his way, would you? Thus is I'm going to uh, play you a song, all right? So this is nothing to do with the, well, it has something to do with the message, but it's uh, just, somebody actually wrote a song about the Song of Solomon's concept of uh, love song, so it's a joke. It's intended to be funny. You're welcome to laugh, all right? So it's called You Are Mine, and I'll hold it up here to this microphone. Is that all right? There you Whoa, not that microphone. All right, there we go, so. To hear a love song from her man But I nearly choked When he cleared his throat And he turned to me and sang Like the goats coming down the Mount of Gilead Your hair is so silky and fine Like the sheep after showers and haircuts your white pearly teeth, how they shine. Your temples are fantastic, like a great big pomegranate. And you smell so nice like a bucket of... Oh, you get the idea. You can look it up. <laughs> I figured you might enjoy that. It's called You Are Mine, if I can get a shot. There you go. 
All right, so uh, let's see. We have David and Lily Johnson that are here with us. You might have met them before, but uh, I'm going to ask Brother David to come up. Take just a moment and tell us a little bit about your ministry, uh, the missionaries to Brazil, and getting ready to head back. So, And then if you'd close out in word of prayer, I'd appreciate it. Uh, we're David and Lily Johnson, third generation missionaries to the country of Brazil, and y'all support my parents. And so we've, uh, I didn't have the beard back then, but you know, <laughs> Pastor came up to me during the service and he's like, do I know you? You look familiar. <laughs> but uh, uh, so we're glad to be visiting. My wife Lily's there. If you want to wave, there she is. And uh, we're just passing through today, but we're on deputation right now, raising our support. Uh, we just bought our tickets this week to go in June. So June 27th is our date to go to Brazil. And uh, we're at 75% of our support right now and, and just praying that God will bring in the rest over the next four months and trusting that he will. Uh, we'll be helping my parents when we get there and then starting a church in the Sao Paulo region in southern Brazil. So uh, we're excited what God's called us to do and, and excited to be able to uh, just do the Lord's work and and uh, glad to be with you this morning. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for mercy and grace. Thank you for your word. And thank you for the time that we can have together. Thank you that you love us. And thank you that you show your love to us and help us to show our love to those uh, that you've brought into our lives and to our spouses and our families and, and those uh, that we love in Christ. And, and Lord, help us not to be um, afraid to show that we love them and uh, Help us to learn to sweet talk, but Lord, help us as we go through the rest of our day, pray that you'd just be with us and, and speak to our hearts. We love you. Thank you for loving us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Lord bless you. Keep you. May his face shine upon you. Give you peace. You are dismissed. Love you guys. God bless. <laughs>